you would be opening your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. We want to notice just for a moment tonight a statement that Peter makes. He said, And above all things have fervent charity or love among yourselves, for love shall cover the multitude of sins. I believe love is the foundational truth that must be alive in Christianity if it is going to be what God wants it to be. If we're going to be the Christian that we claim to be, that God wants us to be, that the Bible makes, then we have to have love as a foundational truth of that. Peter introduced the need for love in that statement, didn't he? He talked about its necessity. He talked about the things that it did. And earlier... 1 Peter 2, verse 17, he simply said, love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. Love each other. Have that feeling toward one another that we're going to do what's right for each other at all times. In the first chapter of his first letter, 1 Peter 1, verse 22, he said this, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. When we think of a particular individual in the New Testament that we might connect the word love to aside from our Lord, we normally think of John, don't we? John, the apostle of love. He spoke about love often, but we find if we look a little bit closer that Peter also spoke a lot about love. And of course, Paul. Paul taught that all things are to be done in love, right? 1 Corinthians 16, 14. So it's not a peculiar uh, teaching to one individual. That is the foundation of the New Testament. And of course, we're to uh, do all things in love, especially when we're talking about our brethren, when they're the topic of consideration, Galatians 6, verse 10. We should be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another, Romans 12, verse 10. I think this affection necessitates action on our part. It's not just some kind of a feeling where we get ginned up and and we have an, an emotion toward someone. Because Paul talked about our labor of love, didn't he? 1 Thessalonians 1 Three, and that's what the Thessalonians exhibited, a labor of love. We may labor, but when we labor in something that we love to do or something that we enjoy, it seems a lot less like a labor than it does something that we just are, we have an affinity for, right? It's a lot easier to do something we love. It's a lot easier to do something for someone when we have that love. And we're supposed to have that love for all of our brethren. We're supposed to have a love for all of the world. Labor is something that demands effort, isn't it? To love demands effort. Love is a learned emotion. We learn to love one another, and it takes effort. And sometimes it takes a whole lot of effort, doesn't it? But we're supposed to be willing to put that forth. Of course, their labor in Thessalonica was prompted by love, and it was seen in their actions. And so we need to understand that Love is something that is necessary. Peter talked about covering sin with love. We need to understand exactly what that means. 
I believe what Peter said is the truth. The psalmist said this, Psalm 32, 1 through 2. He said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. We need to come to the understanding of exactly how does love cover sin. I think some of the the most graphic and beautiful language found in the Bible is used in conjunction with God dealing with our sins. That's a wonderful statement the psalmist made. The, the prophet Micah said of God, Micah 7.19, He will turn again, He will have compassion upon us, He will subdue our iniquities, and Thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. I don't believe anyone can study the Bible without coming away with the idea that God wants to forgive us of our sins. That's what He wants. Think of all the effort and the trouble He went to to forgive us of our sins. And we look around the world and and a vast majority of people are not taking advantage of that. The thing is, though, He wants our sins to be covered properly. So how do we look at this idea of covering sins with love? And someone says, well, what that means is, and this is... This is prominent in the world. If you love someone, you just simply overlook their sin. Is that the kind of love, sin covering that Peter spoke of? Is that what the psalmist talked about? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Peter said God is not willing that any of us perish, but does that mean He's just going to overlook our sin? Well, how do we, how do we come to the knowledge of repentance? Well, Paul talked about that. First Timothy two verse four. How how do we come to the to the ability to repent through the knowledge of Christ? And so it's not just the, the, the mere fact that God loves us or that we love one another. We're we're to forgive one another. But do we simply overlook someone's sin because we love them? God's motive for dealing with the sins of mankind was love. John three sixteen, right? But we need to understand how he incorporates that. So, does God overlook sin simply because He loves us? Let's let's combine what Peter taught, what the psalmist stated, what Micah talked about, with something that James said. James 5, beginning with verse 19. He said, Brethren, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to people who have obeyed the gospel. He says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth... And one convert him. Let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. What happens when you cover something up? You hide it, don't you? You hide it from sight. You can't see it any longer. If you dig a hole in the ground and you put something in there and you cover it back with that dirt, you can't see it any longer. If we cover sins With love, you can see the sin no longer. But that's the point, isn't it? You cannot see the sin any longer, but sin can only be hidden if it is gone. We're not simply overlooking a sin because we love somebody. The sin has to be gone. It has to be done away with. That's what James said. When you convert a sinner, and by the way, that sinner was a brother, 
who fell away, right? And his sins were being shown. And someone converted him back to the truth. And then his sins were covered. You shall hide a multitude of sins. In matters of opinion, we allow love to cause us to overlook something in matters of opinion. We're talking about doctrine, though. A matter of opinion won't lead us to sin. And so I think Peter's whole point and and the point of James is that the motive behind the covering of sin is love. Love will cover sin. God's whole point of forgiving us of sin is His love for us. Our whole point of repenting of sin is our love for Him. Oh, it's love that covers a multitude of sins, but it's the process through which we go that demonstrates our love. The process of obeying the gospel demonstrates our love for God. The plan of salvation given to us from God demonstrates His love for us. So it necessitates an action on our part. Love, in reality, is a verb. You can see love in someone's life. We feel love for one another because of the actions we have toward one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will hide sin. But it is the action through which we go about doing that that demonstrates that love. We don't overlook sin. God has never overlooked a sin. All sin must be punished, so we have to get rid of sin. When we look at the the plan of salvation, we see very quickly that God did not give us something that was impossible to do. The plan of salvation is very simple. Why in the world the world argues over the plan of salvation? I do not understand. It's very easy once we read the Bible and we see the Christian evidences presented in it. And those who who wrote the inspired word couldn't have known the things they had written without being inspired. How in the world could Solomon have known about the water cycle? It rains over the or, uh, the the water is brought up from over the ocean. It evaporates into the clouds. The clouds go over land. It rains. The water runs into the rivers. He said, "All the rivers lead to the ocean." How could he have known about the water cycle? How could it? How could Job and Isaiah? So many thousands and thousands of years ago, known the world was a circle when Columbus didn't discover that until about the year 1492. How could they have known that without someone telling? There's not a tree tall enough or a mountain high enough to get on to see that the world is a circle. It all looks flat. Inspiration. So when we look at the evidences and we understand that if, if we have an open heart and an open mind, we can understand Jesus is who He said He was. That's simple. Saying, I, I want to live for Him, repenting, turning away from a life of sin. And it, we need to keep in mind, because we're not Christians, or because someone is not a Christian, doesn't mean they're a terrible human in this life. It simply means they haven't obeyed the gospel. They may be very morally upstanding. They may have high character. They may never lie, cheat, or steal, but if they haven't obeyed the gospel... They're still in the category of sinner because they haven't changed their lives. But it's simple to do that. simple to be sorry for what we've done and, and to determine I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to live in alignment with what God wants. Very simple to make that great confession that we've all made who've obeyed the gospel. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's very simple to get into the water even though it's cold at times and to be immersed, to be brought up, to walk in a new life. That's simple. God hasn't asked us to do a single thing we can't do. He simply doesn't want us to argue about it, right? Just let's do it. Let's do it. That's simple. 
the Christian who sins has to do certain things, right? We have to get rid of those sins. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. We demonstrate our love for one another when we forgive one another according to the way Jesus said to do it. If I offend someone and it's between me and that individual, they need to come to me and tell me, you've offended me. Maybe it's a misunderstanding in a great majority of the time it's usually a misunderstanding between two people so we don't need to go tell our other friends well rick did this or that go talk to rick about it and straighten that out and it says if he shall hear you you've gained your brother that's demonstrating our love right that's what god expects what if we've done something in a public way well it's it's virtually impossible to go around to everyone in the county that knows that we've done something and apologize for that. So God made uh, an avenue for taking care of that. We, we make a public statement, I've done wrong. I've done wrong. And those people who are aware of it will know exactly what that individual is talking about. Those who are not aware of it will just know that, that he did something, he's owning it, he or she, and they made the statement that they want to be forgiven. When we talk about repentance... Confession does not mean revelation. We do not have to go into all the little dirty secret details of a sin to simply own the sin and say, I've done wrong, God knows about it, and probably some of you do as well. So I want you to know I'm repenting of that. We have to keep in mind, when God forgives a sin, it's gone. It's gone. And so when someone forgives us, I can't continually hold a grudge against that individual. God doesn't expect us to do that. And I'll just tell you, that that has been difficult for me over the years. That has been difficult for me over the years, not to do that. But if I want God to forgive me, I have to be willing to to forgive. Love covers sin because love is the motive behind the forgiveness. It isn't that God overlooks anything. He doesn't expect us to overlook sin. But He does expect us to forgive sin through love. When the proper... Uh, process has been taken to repent of that sin and to ask God to forgive. If you stand in need to answer the Lord's invitation tonight, if you, for some reason, haven't been faithful, we talked about how to take care of that. Repentance and confession, God will forgive. If you haven't obeyed the gospel before, do that tonight before leaving here. We talked about that. Faith, repentance, confession, immersion in water, faithful living, always striving to forgive and to be forgiven. Answer that as you stand and as we sing.